Hey, wonderful to be with you all here, however you have gathered any of our six physical locations. Also a shout out to some folks in Ecuador watching and for other people all over watching us online or on your home, on your mobile device. However you're here, we're glad that you're here. Want to wish you a Merry Christmas as we're on this Christmas journey together here at Rockbridge. Now, a little, little snapshot inside the Evans household, or at least my parents' household is, you know, when you're a little kid, you make ornaments in school. And then you bring them home and you want your mom, your dad to put them on the Christmas tree. And my brother and I, we were, we were, we were no exception. And, and this, this journey that we were on with our ornaments has continued to this day. In fact, here's what's left of an ornament my brother made. Uh, this is like a clay, I, I always called it an airplane, which highly offended my brother, because it's a cross. It's a cross. And to this day, and my brother is in the army and he's all over the world. To this day, if, if he's home or whatever, it's, hey, is, is my ornament on the tree? He always wants to ask that question. In fact, when he went to college, he accused me of hiding it or put it in the back where no one could see it. But it's always this saga of, is this ornament of mine included on the tree? Now, here's my ornament, okay? And it's a picture of me, all right? So here's me, okay? Well, look at that bowl cut, baby. I mean, I'm rocking that. No smile. I got a little... I think the thing's chipped off my eye there on, on that side. But I mean, look at that face. It's, I, I saw that today and I was like, God, oh, somebody see that? And they're like, man, that guy's going to be on an FBI Most Wanted poster someday. But I'm always on this search too. Is my ornament or our ornaments on and included on the tree? And, you know, and that's like a big theme of our lives is this word, included. Because you know, we're created and we, for be, to be accepted, we want to be involved, we want to be included. And much of your journey, much of your story is, is good times when you were included and painful times when you were not included. And, and sometimes we wonder if God has included us in his plans or his blessing. And, and sometimes we feel excluded from that and left out from that. And, and all of us could tell a story and all of us could just say, hey, times when we felt included, times when we were not included. And, and just like my brother and I are checking the tree to see if our ornament was included, we're wondering sometimes, have we been included? And, and we're hurt by the times we have not been included. And so what we're gonna do today is just journey through Jesus's family tree, if you will. And you know, it's his genealogy. And, and you know what your genealogy is when you study, like it's all the who's and the how's and the what's of how you became you and how you got here and who's, and, and what's amazing is when you get to know that, it's like who's included on your family tree and on my family tree. And Jesus is, is no exception. And as we're on this journey of who's a part of Jesus's family tree, who's included, who's not included, it's gonna parallel some things, teach us some things and show us some things. So uh, we're gonna be in the gospel of Matthew, the very first book of of the, uh, of the New Testament, Matthew chapter one, verse one. And, and here's what it says as we follow along. It says an account of the genealogy. Now what's interesting about this word is it relates closely to an Old Testament word where we get the word Genesis. So it's kind of like the beginnings or in Matthew, now that we're going from Old to New Testament, it's kind of like a new beginning. So an account of, a, of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, we get three titles of Jesus Christ, another description or title, he's the son of David. And another one, he's the son of Abraham. 
Abraham. And all of these are very significant that Matthew includes that because Christ means anointed. So someone that's been anointed for a task or a purpose or a mission, the son of David connects him to Israel's most famous king and a promise that God made to David that a, a son of his, of his lineage, a part of David's genealogy would reign on the throne forever and ever. And then the father of the Jewish people, the son of Abraham and God made him a promise too that through him, everybody would be blessed or everybody would be included in the blessings of God. Let's see that some of those promises in Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, he says, I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That through you, Abraham, all peoples will be included in the blessing of God. And so Jesus is connected to that right here. And then in 2 Samuel, we read this, where God says to David, your house and your kingdom will endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever. And so that promise, that title is included here. Son of David, son of Abraham, this is Jesus the Christ. So we're getting Jesus' identity as the one through whom God is going to bless the nations and reign over the earth. And, and so what we see just from Matthew 1.1 is that God has made an amazing promise to bring a savior king into the world from the Jewish people who would then in turn bless all peoples, who would bless all peoples. And then we actually get into the genealogy of Jesus who's included in his family tree. It's the who and the how and the what that brought Jesus into the world to bring this blessing through, through the Jewish people to this blessing to all people. And so let me just give you a little snapshot. In verses two and three, it says this, Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers, and Judah fathered Perez through Zerah by Tamar. Now, when we read that, it's like when we read this thing about Abraham, Abraham's like the father of the Jewish people, and, and he's like not a perfect person, but he's like this man who had incredible faith. And so he's like one of those ornaments that you kind of want to stand out, and you think, man, that belongs there. Abraham is like the quintessential good person. He's in the Bible. He walks by faith. He should be included on the tree. And, and you get to a guy like Isaac, and you're like, oh, Isaac also, you know, a man of faith. And you would just expect him to show up on the, in the family tree of the Son of God. And, and you keep going down, and, and then Matthew does something very, very interesting. He includes a woman. Now, in, in first century, as well as when, when all this was going on, women weren't really included in much. They were excluded from a lot. And then you dig deeper, though, and if you go read the story of Tamar, and I'm only gonna give you the PG version, but the PG version is this. Tamar disguised herself as a prostitute and then slept with her father-in-law, Judah. And she's in the family tree of Jesus. And, and, and her ornament would look more like this, right? Like the big X, like, I don't know why she's on the family tree, but I, I wouldn't think we would put that ornament on display. I would think she would be excluded from what God is doing. I think she should be excluded because when we think about Bible and church and Jesus and God, we think about people who, who look the part, who act the part, who don't dress like prostitutes and then sleep with their father-in-laws. That just doesn't seem to fit, does it? 
And so we start to like, what is Matthew doing and why are these people included on the tree of Jesus? And it's not like it gets any less intriguing. It says, Salmon fathered Boaz. Now Boaz, he's a great guy. Go read his story, he's a man of faith. But he fathered Boaz by Rahab. Rahab is a non-Jewish lady. She was a part of an enemy ethnic group that were against the Jewish people. She also was a prostitute. I mean, this is starting to make my family and your family look normal, right? And because we're like, gosh, we've got Boaz and now we've got Rahab. And, and again, another lady that gets included, but it's sort of like, I, I don't get why they're on the tree. I don't get why they're included. So we keep going. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Okay, we would expect Ruth if you've read her story, oh, but she also is a non-Jewish lady. Obed fathered Jesse, Jesse, uh, and Jesse fathered King David. And, and David, we, we've heard about him. He's a great Israel king of the Jews. But David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. And then we're like, well, David committed adultery, killed the man, which was Uriah, and fathered Solomon. And, and we're like, what? This just doesn't, this is like the, the king of the Jews, the king, Jesus the Christ, son of Abraham, son of David, and all of these people that we just don't think should be included or wouldn't think are, are included are, are, are actually on the genealogy, the family tree of Jesus. And you keep going and we get some kings listed and we have Ahaz who is a bad king who fathered Hezekiah who was a good king and Hezekiah who fathered Manasseh who was a bad king. So it's like bad, good, bad. So, uh, so morality doesn't run in your bloodline. So uh, you, you don't inherit goodness from, it's just it, bad, good, bad. And again, we have this theme of some of the family tree looks the part and some of the family tree doesn't look the part. And so when you start reading this, you begin to pick up a theme that in Jesus's family tree, some very unlikely people are included. Some people that we might think should be excluded are actually included. There's outsiders, women were outsiders, immoral people are included. People that we wouldn't wanna have over for dinner are included. And it's all in the Bible. And, and I think for a lot of us, we've, we've, been grow, we've grown up and like, man, to, to be okay with God, to be included with God, I've gotta do X, Y, and Z, and if I don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm gonna be excluded. And we start to get Jesus and family tree and we're like, God, there's, there's some people here that are, are more like maybe me or more like my family. And, and, and so Jesus's family tree, the reason it's in the Bible is it's, sort, it's representative of me, of you, of us. Because there's times in my life where I've done things, I've thought things, I've said things that, aren't very, that aren't, don't look good, that I wouldn't want on public, that I wouldn't want to be included in my story. And yet that's part of Jesus's story. That's part of Jesus's genealogy that our, this family tree seems to be representative of just humanity. We've got, there's some good, there's some bad, there's some ugly, there's some G-rated stuff, and there's some R-rated stuff. There's some stuff we wouldn't really talk about in church or around certain people, and it's just right out in front in Jesus's family tree. And, and you, you keep drawing some principles and drawing some applications, and, and you realize this, that our goodness and our sufficiency are limited. Because you're like, how did God get Jesus the Messiah into the world, often in spite of all these people? 
How did God get all these people, uh, some who were good, some were bad, none of them were perfect, none of them were were completely competent. How, How did he do it? And you realize that our goodness is limited, our competency is limited, but God's grace and power and grace are not. That God has enough power to not only make promises, but to keep those promises. And, and we go a step further and we realize that sin and evil cannot stop God from keeping his amazing promises. Sin and evil cannot stop God from keeping his amazing promises. See, it's, another, it's one thing to make a promise, right? I mean, any of us can make a promise, but can we keep the promise? And can we keep the promise to people who are not that good to us? Can we, make, make, can we keep the promise to people who do some things that, that sort of are deserving of exclusion? And yet we see in Jesus's family tree, even evil people are included here or are represented here. Even people that we think shouldn't be are. These unlikelies, these outsiders are on the family tree. And so sin and evil cannot stop God from keeping his amazing, amazing promises. And so through all those people, through all the X-rated and R-rated and PG-rated stories, we get to Jesus. Because Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that we've been waiting on, the one that God had promised to bring into the world and be a blessing, and be a blessing to all people. Now, not only does this a a story that uh, represents us, and not only is this a good story that we just need to talk about once a year, but we see this story is designed by God, included in scripture, to show us a lot more and to offer us a lot more. Because we go on down to verse 21, and this is an announcement to Joseph about Jesus that's coming into the world. And and listen what the angel says. She will give birth, that's Mary, to a son, and you were to name him Jesus, which is a contraction, a combination of two words, Jehovah saves, Jehovah being a name that was used to refer to God. Jehovah saves because he will save his people from their sins. And if you go to Luke's telling of of the Christmas story, Luke says it this way. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, all the people. Just like the promise made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. So Matthew says his people and Luke says all the people. And so we start to see this, that Jesus' family tree is not just representative of us, but it's also to show us that God's grace and power and promises are inclusive that you and I, we can be included. We can be recipients of God's favor, blessing, grace. We can be the beneficiaries of God's benevolent power and that God's promises to bless all people, we can be included in those. And we've already said, included, excluded, am I on it, am I off it? Did you forget about me? Was I left in, was I left out, Was was I brought in? That's a big part of our story. It's a big part of what drives us and what defines us. And here we have this representative, this family tree of Jesus that represents so much of our story, so much of our longing. And so not only is it representative, it's also inclusive. But the question becomes this, how can all people become his people? How can all people be included and become his people? 
That, that's the question. That's the question. And, and to get the answer, we actually have to start talking about a different tree. A tree that looks like this. Because the scripture says this. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. All the things we did that we deserved, where we deserved to be excluded, Christ took that upon himself. And it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And so we start to see that we are represented on this tree to know that we can be included on this tree. That Jesus died in our place on this tree. That Jesus died instead of us on this tree. That Jesus died so that we don't have to be excluded for the bad, evil, dumb, stupid things that we have done, but we can be included because of what he has done. So how do we go from all people to being his people? Romans tells us, the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Because people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. You see, a lot of people exclude themselves from the work of God in Christ, from the gift of grace. A lot of people exclude themselves, and, we, and they do it two ways. They do it two ways. Some people trust their work. Some people say, I don't need that. I'm good enough, or I'm better than a lot of people I know. So I don't need Jesus to bear the curse for me. I'm good enough. And then other people say, no, 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 Matt. I've done too many bad things. There's no way God could look at me and say, you're in, you're included. God would look at me to exclude me. But that's not the message. That's not how all people become his people. All people become his people through this word right here, through faith, by trusting who Jesus is and trusting in what Jesus has done for us to bless us, to make us his own forever. Look at how Galatians says it. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So we're represented on this tree, the family tree of Jesus, to show that we can be included on this tree. And then we're invited to become his people, his blessed people, his adopted people, his chosen people, his forever people, through faith in him. So I just, I just have a question for us today, this Christmas. Have you ever said yes to that invitation?
Have you said yes? Jesus, I receive what you've done for me as my own. And Jesus, I want to be with you forever. And I want you to be my king. I want you to have the steering wheel of my life. I want you to take away my sins. I want to live by faith in you and your promises. Saying yes to Jesus looks like this, Galatians 2.20. It's the time where we come and say, hey, I've been crucified with Christ. I've been included in the benefits of his death, and I no longer live. I'm no longer calling my own shots. I'm giving the steering wheel of my life over to the one who died for me and the one who died instead of me. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live, here's our word, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is no better gift, no greater news than we can praise God for, than we can celebrate for this Christmas season, and we can say yes to. And that's why we can say good news of great joy that will be for all, all the people who accept the invitation and recognize by God's grace, they've not only been included and represented, but they've been invited to become one of God's very own. So you're here today, and maybe you need to come back to Christ. That you've moved away from him, but you hear an invitation. That you cannot move too far where God's love and grace will not reach out to you and draw you back to himself. Maybe you're here today, and for the first time, you realize that Christmas is not about believing an event that happened in the past, but it's also about accepting by faith what happened in history to allow it to happen in your heart, that you are included and invited to be one of God's own children. And then all of us today, could we all not stop, pause, reflect, and praise God for the good news of great joy that is for all the people who have said yes to him and yes to his son, Jesus Christ. Would you join me at all of our locations and online and let's pray together. God, we thank you for the good news of Christmas. God, we thank you that that word that has hurt us, that has motivated us, that has defined us, that word included and its opposite excluded. God, I thank you that in Christ we have been thought of, we have been included, and we are invited. Lord, I pray right now by the presence of your Holy Spirit, there are people right here, right now, saying yes to Jesus for the first time, putting their faith in him, their trust in him, their hope in him, their life in his hands. God, I pray right now, in this time, in this place, there are people coming back to you that they have wandered away from your love and your leadership, that they have tried to do it their own way for a season or for too long of a time. And they hear the invitation to come home. They hear the invitation to come back to the one who loves them most and who loves them best and who guides them on a sure and certain path. And then finally, God, I pray that all of us see in the Christmas story and the journey from Christmas to the cross, a reason to praise you, a reason, God, to have joy that transcends the difficulties we face this year, 
the challenges we've encountered in this season because it's good news of great joy for all the people. And I pray today, God, that all the people here, all the people watching, all the people listening would say yes to the invitation to become your people, your sons and daughters through faith in who you are and all that you've done and all that you promised to do so that we can leave here following you, trusting in you, hoping in you that the best is yet to come. Thank you for the good news of great joy for all the people. This we pray in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen.